Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. Um, still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll, I'll have, uh, what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. Just distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Can have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome back, guys and gals. Episode 97 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. I'm doing an intro once again by myself, as I only could get Austin for a half an hour for an update on his season on his lunch break since he's on afternoons this week. But I just wanted to hit the intro real quick here, touch base on our partners, and we'll jump right into our season update. We are not ending the Deer Slayer series. That will continue after this episode. We have two or three lined up next week to get out to you guys. So once we get those all recorded and edited, I hope to try to get back on a weekly basis here. But right now, just bi-weekly works better for both of us. Austin is on a swing shift, so he can only record every other week. And it's hunting season, and we're deer hunters, and we're on some really big bucks, as you will hear in a couple of minutes. So I'm hoping to get back on track with that for you guys and bring you more content. So our sponsors, first and foremost, Scree Gear, ScreeGear.com. I know I've been wearing the crap out of my Scree Gear. I absolutely love it. Every piece of it, as far as the base layers, the layering system in itself, we've been having some really weird weather here in Pennsylvania and across the nation where Beginning of the season was 80 degrees. I'm wearing just my 150s with my light season pants, my light season jacket. Then we moved into the last couple weeks where it's been in the 60s and down into the 40s at night. And the vest is great for that type of temperatures. And then the entire hard scrabble series, top, bottom, and vest, is just great for this time of year when at the end of your hunt, you really need something that is going to be able to supply heat but yet not overdo it when you're walking in. So the hard scrabble is where it's at for me. 
I have not yet been able to bust out the tarm again. It's not been that cold yet, but I'm hoping for colder weather. I also have worn the rain pants, the Nebo rain pants. I need to get the jacket. I'm really missing out on that right now. But guys, head over, check out everything they have. I know a lot of people are reaching out right now. It is absolute quality, 110% quality. You're going to get more bang for your buck, guaranteed. It's the way to go, in my opinion. Next, we have Veteran Innovative Products with Matt and Cindy Futere. Matt is currently coming out with a bunch of new stuff that's that should hit the market next spring, we're hoping, but really great broadheads. They've been killing like none other this year. So go check them out, veteranip.com. Go check out their website, see what they have on there. I know personally we're shooting the Combat Veterans. We're big fans of those. They have the four blade with the two bleeders that expand and open the two main blades rather than the Veteran. That is also a great broadhead, but it's just a two blade. It's a dual purpose broadhead that has both your fixed cut on contact effect with an opening mechanical each blade is on its own independent spring system to where one can flex in and out where the other one continues to stay open and cutting. So if you come in contact with a bone, one blade may flex around the bone where the other one is still cutting through tissue. And that allows for better penetration, less deflection, and momentum continuing through the body of the animal so you have the best possible odds of an exit, which allows you to recover more deer with that exit statistically. Next up, we have Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Our buddy Matt Garris, outonalimmfg.com. Check out his website. He has some of the best stands, platforms, climbing sticks, camera arms, just anything you can think of when you go up into a tree that you may need to get into the tree mobile, lightweight. Let's not forget he also has ladder stands and different hang on stands that can basically hang anywhere. The guy is very innovative. He has some of the most amazing products out there and is genuinely one of the better people that I know. Last but not least, New Canoe, newcanoe.com. I finally received my new canoe as you guys heard about previous episode. It's incredible. Can't say enough about it. Can't wait to get it on the water and actually put it to the test in which I for the reason I bought it but I'm looking forward to that very much. I think I'm going to buy the attachment bench seat for the front because it it is such a large kayak that I think we could easily put two people on there. And for those trips where we just need to cross the creek or cross a river to get to an undisclosed area that many people want access because they don't have the same equipment as New Canoe offers, I can separate myself from other people. And I think that's a tactic I'll use with confidence in the late season when the water temperatures are cold, it's a little more dangerous. I wasn't confident in my previous equipment to do so. So that's it. Quick down and dirty. Let's get on to the episode and get the season updates with Austin, Russ, and Jessica. So what's new, man? What's What's been going on with your season? Well, I have you for your limited time here on your lunch yeah, break at you work. Me, you got me from me for half an hour. Are you going to be able to eat anything while you podcast? Can I ask that? No, no, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm going to drink a Diet Coke. (laughs) Well, that's my bad. I apologize. I'm sorry, buddy. So what's new, man? My my break. Yeah. We're good. Well, season's kicked off. It's extremely scary that we are weeks into the season. It's the 25th of October, dude. I know, man. 
It, it's like it, it flew past, did it not? I went out first day, and it's been a blur ever since. And like, I went out again Saturday. I was like halfway through the freaking season. It was the second time I got out. I was like, what is happening? Jeez. Now, we had that really hot spell for the first two weeks oh, yeah, of the season. And, and that was enough that I had enough work that I had to do on the side with the business that I was like, I'm not even mad I'm not hunting. But it was two weeks of an archery season in which we only get seven weeks. In all reality, that's it. And we're done. We have to wait another year. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a huge bummer, man. But let's just kick it off. Well, I and mean, we're doing an update of the season. I want to get your update. Like I said, we got in half an hour. I want you to kick it off with, you know, from the beginning and then <laughs> your very interesting encounter this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting, man. Okay. So new baby, wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get out much at all, which just kind of seemed like that so far, which I don't have any complaints about that. It's been great. But, you know, first day, wanted to get out just to get out. I could only do like a morning sit. So I went to a local spot. Man, it was excellent to be in a tree again. I had like a perfect first climb for not like really practicing up the season. I was flew up the tree. Everything set up great. It was perfect. I had a great spot. Man, that was about it. That was the best part of my morning because I didn't see anything. So that was the first hunt of the year for me. And pretty much after that, man, I was just, I was busy or it was like crazy freaking hot or, you know, we'd have the weekend come and it would be a great time for me to go out. And it was just absolutely like monsooning yeah. and it wasn't worth it for me to go out on that. So this past weekend, you know, it worked out weekend warrior Saturday morning came in. I was like, I'm freaking going out and me and you, we kind of like spitballed Friday night about what we were going to do. And, you know, I was pretty limited on time getting in the tree and stuff like that. So I went to a spot that I scouted in uh, in February. Piece of public. You know, it's kind of one another one of those spots that we've talked about where it's a piece of public that most people kind of overlook for deer hunting. It's more of like a waterfowl spot. But it has timber around it, which holds deer. And there's some swamp. And, you know, on the very far outskirts of it, there's ag. But it's a lot of swampy wetlands, ponds and stuff. And waterfowl guys just freaking hammer it. So Deer overlook it. Well, it was like mist and raining, and I got to the spot. No one at the parking lot. I figured there wouldn't be. I was there pretty early. I go walking in. It's mist, and I got my headlamp on. Wouldn't you know it, they must have stocked pheasants because this rooster went up and scared the living shit out of me. As they usually do. <laughs> As they usually do. Man, I almost stepped right on it, dude. It, it, it flushed, like, right at my feet. Wasn't expecting it at all. I, like, you know, calmed down a little bit. I got my, like, wits about me again. I go probably another 20 yards and another one flushes. Literally same exact situation. And that time I was just like, oh my God, I'm going to die if it happens again. (laughs) I'm trying to go off of like half-ass pins that I made back in February, trying to like work my way to this area that I was calling Scrape City because dude, in February, giant community scrape open, getting slammed. And there were like five or six other scrapes within like 30 yards that were just getting slammed back in February. It was crazy. So I was like, all right, well, it's kind of spit and rain. It's going to stop at some point. Hopefully something comes to freshen it up. and That'll be great. That was my whole plan for that. But I got up the tree. Really nice tree, actually. Had a little bit of cover on both sides of me. So I was kind of, I, I felt good about it. It was a good setup. And first light came and waterfowl hunters start banging away, which is fine. Some of the other properties that me and you hunt, you know, you hear waterfowl hunters all the time. It doesn't mess with the deer. But then, dude... <laughs> I just, they, they started screaming and yelling. Like, I don't even know what the hell they were screaming and yelling about, but it was like really obnoxious. And it went on for a really long time and I was getting really frustrated. 
And I was like, oh, man, this is just such a bummer. And then some dude comes, like, bebopping through, like, yelling for his buddy Mike. Like, Mike, Mike, Mike. And, like, at that point, I was like, I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, I had such limited time to get out. I'm like, I get a public land. Yeah. I encourage people to be out there. And there were a bunch of people out there that morning. But, like, dude. There's other people out there. Yeah, be, maybe be a little, little bit cautious of your surroundings <laughs> and a little more understanding that you're on public land where other people may be hunting. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. It was it was a weird situation. So I was frustrated. And I was like, I'm getting down. I'm moving. I don't care if I can move, like, 500 yards. I'm moving. And I lower my bow to the ground, and no sooner does my bow hit the ground, a freaking borderline shooter comes in to, like, 18 yards. And At 18 yards, he man, becomes a shooter, I think. He was, I think if I'd had my bow in my hand, I'd kill him. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, he was, he was nice. He wasn't a giant ape, but he was nice. He probably, probably a hundred inches. He wasn't humongous. Yeah, sure. I mean, it is, it's, it's public land with a guy yelling Mike and duck hunters yeah. hunting. Yeah. A hundred inch deer is pretty good. It was the last thing I expected to come in, man. I thought that spot was like shot at that point. Wait, do you think the deer's so, name was Mike? Dude, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, man. It, I, I Reincarnated. Believe what was happening. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm talking, dude. This is three minutes after the guy got done yelling for Mike that this deer came in. And what time in the morning is this, mind you? This is like, I don't know, eight o'clock. Wow. Okay. <laughs> like it's early yet, man. It's, that's why I was like, I'm just gonna move. I can move into another spot and be perfectly fine. And uh, man, I, I was like, well, that was crazy because he kind of worked his way through pretty fast, but he wasn't. He was on a mission, but I could have, he stopped. Like he, he didn't see me, but he stopped like broadside at 18 yards. That's why I say I could have killed him. And, um, I was like, all right, well, that was crazy. I'm just, I was committed to getting down. I keep going down, taking down all my sticks. And literally I hop off my last stick and I'm taking my lines and belt off. And dude, I look over and here comes a freaking 100% shooter. I was like, Oh my God, this is unreal. I can't believe what's happening right now. So I'm like panicking. <laughs> trying to get my lines belt off. I get it off and I get like crowds down beside the tree and I'm grabbing my bow. So I get my bow and I get an arrow knock and I get like my release on almost and I creep around the tree and he's standing there looking at me. And I got a good look at him. He was super tall, super white antlers and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a shooter all day. I don't know what he was. He was a thousand percent legal. He was at least an eight. I don't, I don't know what he was, but dude, he freaking, as soon as I peeked around and got a look at him, he bothered so hard. And I was like, oh, no, if I would have just stayed in the tree. I mean, at that point, he was 20, 18, 20 yards again, like came in on the same trail as that last one. Yeah, now. <laughs> I was like freaking heartbreaking. There, there was no point where it crossed your mind that after you saw that first deer come in, right when your bow hit the ground, to just raise your bow and kind of stick it out? No, no. At that point, you I was committed to move it. Because I just thought it was crazy. I thought maybe that deer got kicked out or something like that. Sure. Yeah, he could have got bumped by you or who knows. And he was, yeah. you know, potentially a younger deer. I, I get that, I guess. I just wanted, I wanted to no see what was going through your I head. I expect a second deer to come through. That, that <laughs> wasn't... <laughs> the first one was crazy. Jeez. So, <laughs> that deer boogers off and I was like, this is the most insane thing that's ever happened to me. And I start packing up all my sticks. I get them all together, get them back on my pack and I clasp them on the pack, get everything all situated and like my bow in my hand. And I turn around to walk to start heading to a different spot. Dude, there's another deer standing there looking at me. <laughs> I only saw the box. 
it was like bucket Jeez. eight, man. There were no does. He was just a little guy. Yeah. He wasn't even legal, but like still, I was just like, what is happening? And all, like those two came from directions. Guess where that deer came from? Mike's direction. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, just, does, I, don't, I don't get it. I just don't. I don't know. Were you um, frustrated, maybe making a little noise when you were putting things away, or were you still pretty quiet? I was being pretty quiet, because I didn't know what was happening at that point. Like, right. the jury was in retrograde, like, all <laughs> kinds of, like, I didn't know what was going on. If I was being pretty quiet. I was very frustrated at that yeah. point, but yes. Dang, man. Did you ever find Mike? I wonder if he's I still out what there. what the hell happened to Mike, but, you know, it, it's not Mike I'm mad at. Yeah, <laughs> Mike's buddy is the one that's on my shit list. <laughs> so if you're the <laughs> if you're the guy out there that was screaming for Mike on public land, we hate you. We hate you. Okay, plain and simple. That better have been like life or death situation, or yeah, else there is yeah. no reason to be doing something that ignorant. Like, geez, man, it's just I don't know. Common courtesy, common sense. Call it what you will, yeah. but that's wild. Yeah. You know, that's just, um, that's them dang waterfowl hunters for you. No, I'm kidding. We have a lot of good buddies that waterfowl hunt. Actually, our good buddy Ryan Tanner was out this morning. I don't know if he was with Lane or not, but he, uh, sent me a couple pictures of some geese on the ground. I saw that too. I saw How about that? Too. that huh? Lane was out on, on Saturday waterfowl hunting too. I know it wasn't Lane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been hunting with a mic. I don't know. I'll have to text him and see. I'm going to have to find out. Yeah, we're going to have to figure <laughs> this thing out through the, through the grapevines. <laughs> oh, well that's a shame but man I heard, I heard you had a pretty interesting weekend dude buddy. i've had a really interesting season to be honest and i haven't been out a whole lot it's probably the least i've ever been out at this point in the season started off first well i don't even know if we ever touched on it but early season in september i was going down to 2b and i went out and hunted from the ground and saw what i say 24 deer 24 doe. Yeah, something like that, which is an insane set, man. Dude, 24 doe from the ground, and I had probably six of them within 10 yards, if not more. At one point in the, the late, late night, it was real dark. I was I didn't have a doe tag. I, I could have jumped out and grabbed this little fawn. She was literally within arm's reach. So the next day, I didn't know if I was going to get out, kept him hawing around. You know, my buddy that cuts grass for me for my business, He's he kind of took his own side business and got really busy. and. God bless him. He he made a leap of faith and I support him 100%, but that meant I had to pick up the grass. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to cut grass. And you know, I was out with uh, Grip and Grin, Mike Fennel, and I was like, dude, I, I can't make it out. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. Well, then last minute, you know, it just all fell into place. It was like somebody was doing something here. Somebody was doing something there. And I was like, all right, I'm going hunting. Screw it. So me and Mike went out and we were walking in. And as we were walking in to the spot, I was standing in the wide open, showing them I was sitting right here beside this giant tree last night. There were deer coming from over here, deer coming this way. I'm doing hand motions like I'm about to land a plane. And I look over to my left, and there's a deer walking. She followed us in from the same direction we just came from. She's walking and paralleling us up on the hill. So we both freeze. I, I was like, dude, there's deer right there. Just out of total misbelief. And I'm like, well... And I said these exact words, I just remember saying, because I was trying to figure out, I had a GoPro in my one hand, I was trying to get it turned on and see what I could do with it. I was going to clip it to my bow or something, I was like, screw it. I was like, well, I guess it's time to fill a tag. And I pulled an arrow off my quiver, put it on, put the GoPro between my legs. The deer walks 20 yards, hits this big tree, I draw back, she turns, comes at us broadside, turns and kind of quarters at me. 
I guessed her for 20. I held on her shot, blew her up in the heart. Perfect shot. She ran down over the hill, watched her tip over. Before we even got in a tree, there was a deer down. And then we <laughs> ended up seeing like <laughs> eight, 10 more deer that night. Um, Mike <laughs> dropped his release out of the tree. It was his first hunt of the year. I gave him my release. I left my bow and everything on the ground, not even thinking I still had a buck tag. But I left everything on the on the ground, and I was like, it's your hunt now, dude. I'll just film. And we had some really good footage. Hopefully, something comes of it on his YouTube channel. But he drew back on a deer one point forever and ever, and she just would not give him this good shot. So outside of that, you know, opening day was a little bit of a bust. I was about, I'd say, two and a half to maybe five minutes from potentially a big deer. And I don't know what it was because I forgot my binoculars back at the camp. But he came out of uh, an area where I was expecting a really big buck to to be bedded. And it was a one solo deer, really big, walked down in the dark timber beside me, cruised by like 25 yards. So I was just out of range yeah. on that one. So then it got really hot. And I didn't hunt at all. Um, I don't think I went out that first weekend because I believe that was uh, Ryan's wedding. Yeah, right. So I didn't get out at all for the first two weeks and this will all play into effect later in the chaos that I've ensued in the last 36 hours of my life but I have these <laughs> these spy point cell cams and they give you 100 free free pictures and I'm cheap that's what I do my one camera actually two of my cameras they ran out about 26th 27th of September the free pictures were done I had like nine days to wait I was like you know no big deal I gotta cut gas anyways it's gonna be 80 degrees every day I'm not renewing this subscription. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not paying the $5 for an extra 250 pictures. I don't care what's in there. I'm going to be up to camp anyways. I'm not even going to be out hunting there for at least two to three weeks till it gets good. And I air quote good. So the other day, it was uh, last Friday, I went out and I said, well, well, first off, I renewed on the 7th of October. It was like two days left. I couldn't take it anymore. So if maybe there's something good on there and I'll be able to get out before Ryan's wedding, whatever. I renewed it, and sure enough, batteries die. They've, it's been up since January, so 10 months of a lot of pictures, thousands and thousands of pictures, because a limb grew in front of it for two months, and I never went out and cut it. Yeah, that's on me. Oh, my God. So I get my card, replace the batteries. I go up and hunt. As I get to my tree up on this ridge, I look to my left, and something just felt weird. Like I could hear something. The birds were kind of going nuts. I was like, I had a feeling, look up. I look over and there's a nice little buck coming in. He's nothing special, you know, maybe 12 inches wide, but he had like seven inch G2s, man, on both sides. He was pretty solid little eight point. One of them deer that rifle season, he's he's a goner. He don't stand a chance. And he busts out and runs away and I don't see anything for the rest of the night. Pull my card, go home Friday night, start pulling pictures from 27th to the 7th. And I start seeing more and more deer showing up. From October 1st to October 7th, there were three different shooter bucks, and I'm not I'm not talking small deer here. We're talking big deer. <laughs> big deer. Yeah, man. You showed me a couple of those pictures. There's, I don't think any of them were like even borderline shooters. They were all shooters all day long and yeah. part of the season. Absolutely. I'm shooting these deer in almost any state, you know, especially yeah. Pennsylvania. Big eight point, mm -hmm. dark antlers beautiful deer, real symmetrical, young deer. That's the surprising part. Real nice yeah, 10 point. Old. None of them looked old to you. I mean, everyone I sent the pictures to, they said the same thing. They look pretty young. Mm -hmm. 
And, I mean, the big, beautiful 10-point, this real wide buck, this one goofy buck. I mean, there was all kinds of bucks in there in daylight. It wasn't like they were in dark. It was in daylight. Now, I would have had to take off work one day to kill these things because they were literally in there like 1.30 in the afternoon, 5.30, mm-hmm. 4.30, a couple maybe like 6.30, some in the mornings, mostly middle day to the afternoon. And I'm just kicking myself. I'm like, man, I can't believe I did this. And I'm sending pictures out to the people I trust. <laughs> And I'm like, man, look at all these deer. I can't believe I did this. They're, they're goners. Like, I don't know what happened from the 7th to the 22nd. It's all blacked out. The camera was dead. I have no intel. So I decide, you know, I'm going to go to a different property. I had some good deer on there. They were showing up like the 10th, 11th. I think another one showed up around the 15th. I said, I'm going to go out there. I haven't been out there yet. See what we see. And actually, we had been out there. I apologize. I went out there. Uh, me and Joe went out there one night and we hunted and um, unfortunately I, I hit a doe and we had to back out and it was the weekend where we got the hellacious thunderstorms and I don't even know, probably an inch and a half of rain. Yeah. Went back in the next day, man, we looked for this deer for eight hours in some nasty, you know how nasty that is. You've been That's there. Horrible, man. Yeah. If you don't stumble and trip over the thing, it, it gets really hard and that really beat me up. I, I made what I thought was a really good shot. You know, it came in running at five o'clock in the afternoon on an 80 degree, 80 degree day and gave me a shot and I hit it and I thought I hit it good. Watched the air zip through her, saw the hole in her chest. You know, she bound probably 40 yards off and stood behind this tree and I was expecting her to go down and she just took off and never to be seen again. Never found much blood. You know, that rain started, Joe had hit a deer, we had to go track it, so we'd come back the next day, and that next day I run into a pretty nice buck on the ground with no bow, 15 yards, face-to-face with uh, one of the big boys on the property. (laughs) That was fun. That was actually pretty cool. Yeah, Russ was with me, my oldest brother Russ, he had his bow, and um, he kind of tried to sneak out on his way out just to see maybe if he'd get eyes on it and put a stock on it, but it's too thick and nasty. So yeah, that was a little rewind going back to this past Saturday. I go in and we, I don't want to hunt this area too hard because this past Saturday was the 23rd. This next Saturday is going to be the 30th. That's like the day in there. That's the day I killed my buck. The year after I hunted the same tree that same day, saw a buck chasing a doe on the other side. And it's always been typically a pretty good day. I think you killed your deer on the 29th in there, 27th? I killed one on the 27th in there. On 27th. the other side that I killed, it's the 29th. Yep. And then that great big freaking half rack that I killed was on the 30th. Yeah. So this, that's the, that's the time frame. Like this is the time frame. Yeah. But I figured, you know, I'm going to go to a different area, an area I found when I was tracking my doe that I'd never seen before. And I never really played it out the way that it, played out so i got in there and and it's just a a whole bunch of events that led up to one bad not bad but one unfortunate event so think about this we get out there i'm hunting with sam i'm gonna drop him off the other side of the property while i pull into the driveway not not thinking in my mind just i'm i'm 10 steps ahead where i should be so i'm already thinking about like where i'm going in where i'm setting up i'm like oh i forgot to drop you off so i drive down nice and slow pull around turn around go drop him off Get back, property owner comes out. We haven't seen each other in a couple years and really got to catch up because he's so busy. We talked for 20 <laughs> minutes, maybe 25 yep. minutes. And that's that's not a bad thing. This is the best part of the whole day. 
was catching up with a guy that was pretty it, that is pretty meaningful to me. He's a very good dude. He's an awesome property owner. I, you know, I've killed bucks on his property that I can never repay him for. And we catch up, have a great conversation. I head into the woods, tack my way in thinking, you know, I'm going to be back in here on the 30th somewhere, potentially, if I see something nice. This is going to be like an observation sit, even though I'm going deep. And I get all the way back in there to an area where I've never been before, mind you, hunting. Go past the other two previous spots where I've hunted before and get to my tree. And I'm like, man, I like this spot, but there's a beat down trail right here. I can't shoot to it. I got to trim this little, little tree. I'm on private, mind you. I'm able to do this. So I go in and I trim this. And I don't even cut it the whole way. I, I usually do like a mini hinge cut on these things when I do something like that. So I don't kill the tree. And I hinge cut it and I just lay it over. And then I get back to my tree and I'm sweating pretty good at this point. It was kind of warm that day. And sure enough, I open up my bag to put my coat in there. And my trail camera is there that I wanted to set up in this area. I'm like, shit, I got to set that up. I don't want to climb up the tree, start pulling stuff out. It falls to the ground, breaks, does whatever. So I grab it out. I run over 10 yards, put it on the tree. And as I'm putting it on the tree, I tell myself, this is going to screw me tonight. This right here, there's going to be a deer coming in. He's going to see the camera, smell the camera, do something and bust out of here. And I'm kind of laughing to myself. Not so funny in a minute. So I get back to my tree. Now for the third time, climb up, there's a tree growing into it, so it's fighting me, it's grabbing my, my bag, it, it got stuck on my wild edge step that's on my bag, fighting my way through it, climb all the way up, this tree leans away from me, kind of severe, which I'm not a big fan of, especially when I'm one sticking, it's very tough because the platform's small, and it's angled, and you don't really have a lot to kind of pivot from, so when you're, when it's angled away from you, it wants to take your body to the gravity side of the tree. Well, and you know how that is when you're saddle hunting. I get all the way up in the tree. I'm like, this is freaking perfect. I am in this beautiful area. There's just a wall of like these, maybe you know what this, that stuff is. There's trees that grow with like five, six different shoots. Remember the stuff we were fighting through when we had your buck? Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's gnarly though. It's gnarly. That they grow like 15, 12 to 15 feet high and there, there's green leaves on the top, but they're just like a bunch of branches that grow out of them. And there's a wall of them to my right, and it goes out. It's like makes a beautiful edge. And then where I'm at, it's actually up a little higher by this creek bed, mm-hmm. and it's dry land. And then to my left is where they cut, and it is just a wall. I mean, you look at it, you it looks like it goes up a hillside, and then you realize there's no topography. That is literally just a wall of gnarly trees and multifloral rows all mixed together. And I'm realizing I'm in the middle of a pinch point. Like, I'm in a perfect pinch point. So, I'm kind of admiring the area as I'm working. Screwing my bow, holder in, screwing my little screw in for my backpack. Put my backpack on. And I thought to myself, I should probably pull up my bow here. But I really need to get this wide edge step on or else I'm not going to be able to move around this tree and shoot anything. I'm going to swing around and fall. Not fall. But I'm going to swing around the tree and not be able to shoot anywhere. Right. So I grab my wild edge step, I put it on my back, and I loosen my string down, my rope down, and I was going to rappel down just like a foot to put the wild edge step on as my step to the left of my platform, my one stick. As I loosen it down, I look to my left, and I see a giant deer running at me. And I mean booking it at me. At first, all I see is body. I'm like, man, that's a big deer. And I'm in this like half crouch sitting position, and I'm looking at it, and I realize what's on its head and i just see frame <laughs> yeah so i'm like, shit panic mode stand up pull my rope tight 
reach down, grab my bow rope, and I start to put pressure on it. And I pull my bow to basically where it's standing upright. And I look back. The buck is now standing at 20 yards. I think I range that spot, 22 yards, looking in my direction. And I freeze. I froze. Oh, man. Totally froze. I'm like, there's no way this little skinny tree with no branches on it, and I got to fight my bow through these branches I climbed up. There's no way I'm going to be able to do that without spooking this deer. This is, at one point, I, I actually thought about just grabbing my phone out and video recording it. But I was like, don't do that. You might get an opportunity to get your bow up. Don't be an idiot. He's a freaking giant. Mega giant. I, I don't like to exaggerate. Dude, he's 20 plus inches wide. Easy. He's got the yeah. frame of the big 10 point ash, and he's got massive G2s and G3s. Just massive. Big, thick, tall, dark rack. He is, he's just absolutely giant by any yeah. stretch of the imagination, a freaking giant. And he bounds like six times. And next thing I know, he's underneath me at 4.4 yards on the rangefinder. <laughs> oh my God, buddy. That is such a heartbreaker. That's like, yeah. <sighs> and he's looking directly at my bow. Like he sees it just sitting upright. Oh, he knows what that is. Yeah, <laughs> he had an idea, <laughs> and he's looking kind of through me, not me. Like I'm up, I'm up there a little ways. I'm hidden well because there's a tree that comes off behind me, and he's all I can see is his eyes and his nose. And I'm just looking at this rack, and I'm thinking, my God, what a beautiful creature! And he yeah. just turns, flips his tail, bounds across the creek, and into the pinch point the way I came in. He would go like ten yards and stop and pick his head up. And I'm thinking, man, now he's getting downwind. I'm screwed. Like, I'm screwed, screwed. He might know something's up. And then he'd just keep going. That's when I realized how big his body was. Dude, he was yeah. as wide as a freaking horse's ass. Big, giant, muscular, old, just donkey. Freaking brute, man. And he just made his way off. And he was gone. I ended up passing that night on a doe family. I didn't want to cause any mayhem in that area. And I think uh, yeah. this week, you know, I'll be out a couple times before this airs potentially and we'll see what happens man i'm gonna give it hell i'm just gonna keep going in and being smart as as smart as humanly possible with the right wind i i know the area he was betting in now i i think i can get at least to a point where if he starts thinking about deer and gets up early enough i'm on his escape route he may come past me again That's i can beautiful thing, man. i can only you I'm know hope and pray you, i'm pulling for you man but that's well, it, man. I know you got to get back to work. I appreciate I you jumping on, man. Work, but dude, that that was an epic weekend, man. That's pretty pretty cool. We both got some pretty good deer, and you know, we got basically our favorite time of the year to hunt coming up in this fall weekend. So you're not kidding. I'm, I'm excited, man. Heck yeah, man. Well, we'll continue this on, and uh, we'll get some more guests to continue the series with the Deer Slayer series. I figured we needed a nice little update here in the middle of the season, especially yeah. when uh, we had some really good encounters. So. Absolutely, man. Good stuff, buddy. Don't work too hard. Sorry I took up your lunch break and did most of the talking. <laughs> no worries, man. All right, brother. All right, buddy. You later, man. I'll see you. All right, and that wraps up part one of our season update. We are now going to be joined by my oldest brother, Russ, and my sister-in-law, Jessica. We are going to continue this update with their season because they have had one hell of an October so far. I know we're recording this late October. Most of their success was around the middle of the month. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this story. So we're going to get them on the line and hear from them, their update, and a couple really good deer stories. 
we'll just get right into this now. It is October 28th. It's late in the year, but let's get an update. We are here. Might as well introduce you. We are here with my oldest brother, Russ, and his wife, Jessica, and even our buddy, good buddy, Josh Grimes, is somewhere in the vicinity of the garage party that they're having over there, post-hunt garage party, with zero celebratory reasons, unfortunately, tonight. But we do have a pretty incredible story, so whoever wants to go first, if you want to just start kind of update on your whole season, uh, who struck first? Did either of you kill opening day? Trying to remember. No. No. No, we didn't. I think it was what Joe killed opening day, and yeah. was that it for our group? Johnny do opening day. Johnny did not. He wasn't up there. Yeah, he didn't come up. Remember, he had his his baby, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was just Joe and uh, and Sam hit that one. Unfortunately, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you guys break down your season, start wherever you like, and just kind of give an update of what you've been seeing out there. Would you like to start? Well, for me, anyhow. The season's been good. I mean, I haven't killed a ton of deer, but I've been seeing a lot of deer. The, tonight marks the second night all season so far. I have quite a few sits that I didn't see a deer. The deer we killed, that was a pretty crazy night. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing I've ever experienced for sure. We went out to a state game lands locally, and my wife was willing to try to start using a climber again. She got a little bit scared of one a couple years back because it slipped a little when she was climbing. Granted, it was a hard bark red oak that happens. So this year she said, you know, I want to try to be a little more mobile and go more places. You know, instead of worrying about permanent stands, let's try to use the climber. I said, okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. And you actually got me into saddle hunting this year, first time. So that worked great because I had this thought one day. I said, you know what? She wants to use the climber. I can climb the tree with her with the saddle set up and help her the whole way up and be right by her and make her more comfortable. So that's what we did that night. We found the tree and she got all set up. She was a little worried, but she stuck it out and she starts humping up the tree a little bit. And I put a stick up and I go up a little bit with her and I'm like literally moving the chain of the platforms like to make sure everything's right as she's going this is an actual teaching moment that you know i had never actually really used a climber and the only two times i used one i was not put in the most ideal trees but it wasn't you know i didn't know how to to function it i didn't know how to shift body weight and do those kinds of things to make it secure so this was a really cool way to go about doing this even though going into this hunt i was kind of skeptical because you know, we're both in the same tree. Right. You're cutting, normally, you're cutting down your chances in an area when you're both yeah. in the exact same tree. Yeah, you would think you're lessening your odds, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> that did not hold to be true this night. No. <laughs> but we came up in an area, and he found a really good spot. You know, he knows a lot more about that, just a place we haven't been, to just look around and then found a spot that he thought was going to be, you know, our best chance for that night. Yeah, we... uh what we found was a real serious feeding area. There was a lot of mixed oak trees, red and whites, through the area, a lot of sign in it. And the terrain kind of played out well there where there was a kind of little imperfections in the sides and hillsides that kind of matched up right, in my opinion, where right at the top, I would think that's where 
the deer were going to kind of funnel towards for safety purposes and food purposes. So that was a little bit of my logic. Yeah, it's definitely a nice area. And I think, again, whether we get the first part of this on the recording or not, we talked about acorns and early season acorns because this was early on. This was, what, mid-October? That was week two. Yeah, the second week of the season. I remember I was... Because I wasn't even hunting at that point. I was, I think I just got done cutting grass and then I got a phone call. And for me, this was, you know, I hunted first day, morning and afternoon. We hunted one more evening before this and all three times I didn't see anything. Yeah, so I'm not this- used to uh, Jess going the first day without shooting a buck. I mean, that was kind of a, <laughs> <laughs> a two-year ritual. I don't know <laughs> what happened there. It may have been a good thing because the past two years I shot a buck first day and I didn't get another, I didn't shoot anything the rest of the season. Yeah, it might have been a curse. <laughs> it's not <laughs> a bad curse. Well, to be fair, I mean, you were bearing child as well. Both years. So. <laughs> yeah, you were pregnant the last two years when you killed your buck. So that may have played a role in not killing another deer the rest of the year as well. Maybe. That's true. So anyway, we found our spot. We start climbing. We get to the top. And we get about 10 feet, maybe 12. She wants to call 14. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you showed me. I would say eight and a half. I could jump up and touch her feet. Not mattering. It yeah. didn't matter. didn't matter. <laughs> she says about 10 feet. She goes, I think I'm good here. And I said, okay, you know, I don't want to push it. This is a good start. I said, I'm going to keep climbing up above you to, to where I can get. And I'll sit in the saddle. We did that. And we um, sit for, I don't know, a while. And it's... There's nothing. Yeah, it's pretty dead. And faintly in the distance, like way, I don't even know how many yards away that was. You see, I saw, we saw like two deer. Oh yeah, they were, I don't know, that they had to be dang near 300 yards away. But, I mean, not that we could shoot, obviously, but. Not even anything, we were ready for them to come anywhere near us. They were just kind of playing and went about their day. Yeah. We actually spooked a deer when we were climbing up. So that was two different sightings of deer. And then we went maybe another a half hour or so past that when we saw the deer way out and uh to an hour it, we're now getting into the last last hour of hunting yeah is when things started getting crazy it was probably hour hour and a half and i'll be honest i'm gonna try to tell you this story but it was so goofy that i'm not even sure that i'd tell it right and she's gonna probably chime in and say no it was this because <laughs> there were just a lot of things happening to start the first deer that came in the range it was back behind us like behind her and behind me, we were facing the same direction, but on opposite sides of the tree with the saddle and the climber. Uh, deer was probably 60, 70 yards out, just hanging out feeding. And um, mind you, it was like 70 degrees this day. So on our way in, setting up and everything, we were sweating our butts off. And I knew wind was going to be a factor. So that kind of played a part in where we decided to set up. Well, the deer we seen 60, 70 yards, sure enough, he come walking through dead downwind. And he was only about 35 then. I didn't know he was a heat at the time. It was uh, it ended up being a button buck, but we assumed it to be a doe. And uh, it's right behind us, and I see it start curling its nose and licking, and it, it's smelling us. I start getting worried at this point because I know she can't shoot back there, and it starts acting weird. So I said, I have a shot. I'm going to shoot it. Well, I draw back. My broadhead catches my riser, pops the arrow off the rest, off the string. Still on the rest. It, it was contained in the rest and held it on there, but it popped it off the string. So I'm thinking, man, now what? Because the deer heard this. I was already kind of on alert. 
it bounds a couple times, hangs out for a second. I get my arrow back on the string, draw back again. At this point, it's walking away from us. It's getting further, and it's like speeding up. It gets to about 45 yards, and I bleed at it, and it stops. Fling the arrow, hit it. We see it run off. Swear we heard it crash. It wasn't five minutes later? Probably about five minutes. Uh, yeah. A buck comes in. I don't even know how far. Not far. comes down this hill right towards me. And uh, it's creeping in. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a seven point. It's not anything spectacular, but uh, I'm in no position to pass on anything at this point. I get a lot of limited limited time to hunt this year with the kids, and so I'm I'm ready to go. Well, my only being, we'll call it 11 feet near, <laughs> was not. I, you know, I didn't have cover. I it wasn't high enough, and I think it was just it, it was it was I was in the open for where he came in was not the ideal location. Yeah, like that I needed a deer to come in. That was probably one of the worst because it was kind of head on for where I was looking. But he came in and we played the dance for a couple minutes of the stare offs. And, you know, I picked my bow up and I have that weird, like, my arms half bent, but not anywhere I can set it on anything. And he's staring directly at me. And I thought he was going to bolt. He knew I was there. He knew something was there. Like, he was very on alert. But thankfully, he just put his head down, started going about his day. And I was able to get a shot. And. The Luminoff didn't go off, so that always makes it tough to know if, you know, you hit where you thought you did or what happened. But the way I shot it, seeing what he did afterwards, I was fairly confident he was dead. We heard that one crash, too. Yeah. So at this point, we know there's a good chance the two deer are down. And after that, what was it, another maybe two to five minutes? So Here comes some other deer. Here's uh, another buck that comes in from yeah. behind. Similar size. And it's, you know, hanging out, doing its thing. Two does come down. Well, now he's... Yeah, he's eyeballing. Uh, and this is when everything just starts getting crazy because, you know, the does, the path they were taking were coming towards us, but then there's a buck now that he's just running around chasing them all over the place. Yeah. Younger buck being crazy. You know, we all know how they get early season. He's pushing them, like going up to them and like nudging them messing with them and they don't want to leave like they're not bold they're they're running like you know 20 yards away stop and keep trying to feed yeah they're basically circling us like they keep coming back towards us eventually but the buck he wants to keep sniffing but this was the greatest thing to ever happen to us because we no longer matter while doing this two other doe come in right yeah those were the ones that was your next opportunity so there's four and he's just chasing them all around so none of them care about us. Like, we're moving around, talking to each other about what's happening and trying to figure out, you know, yeah. <laughs> which way is which, and are you going to take over here? What, you know, what's going to happen? And the deer do not care that we're there because they're just getting bothered this entire time. They're not even paying attention to us. Like, we're actually talking from eight feet away in the tree, and they're so concerned with this buck and all this ruckus going on that they don't have any clue we're even there. So that's when you had the one that, about 25 yards as the second group of two came in, she's able to get a shot on it. Let's the arrow fly. Oh. But I'm not sure what happens because... We thought you missed. I thought I missed. I completely thought I missed for whatever reason because, you know, there's we're at the point now where I thought what I saw running 
away may have been a different deer because there's so many. Because there was now two more that came into the mix. So there's six bows running around. Yeah. I thought I missed a shot. The Illuminoc went off. It didn't veer at all. It was a, like, it looked like it didn't touch anything. So at this point, I'm like, you know, whatever. I'm not sure what happened. At this point, she finally got her hands on a bow that actually shoots decent. We like to call Matthews. <laughs> and uh, what happened was the arrow hit the deer and blew right through it and never hesitated, as opposed to the whole piece of garbage she had. What was that, a diamond or something? No, that was a long time. Okay, I don't know. Whatever that piece of junk she used to have was. So anyway, yeah, we think she missed this one, but, you know, the deer is still there. The two that were in the group she shot at, the one took a couple bounds and hung out. The other one bolted. It's gone. But all the rest of them are still there. The buck, the other does, they're all hanging out. And we hear two more deer coming in. And I'm waiting, 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 looking up in front of me. Can't see anything. The whole time she's trying to get my attention, there's one right behind me, 25 yards. There's one by itself, hanging out. Nothing <laughs> by it. I had no idea. In the world. I'm looking directly at it, but, you know, I just thought, I don't know what happened there. And, I, you know, that's my, my tags I have. And I'm trying to get his attention, but this deer is not that far away. So I can't talk to him like I was before. But finally. Yeah, I just around. happened to turn around behind me. I'm like, oh, man, there's a deer there. <laughs> Why aren't you shooting it? And, and it was probably there for a while because I was really concentrating up ahead of me at these other deer I heard coming towards us. So, yeah, I drew back and uh, it was quartered towards me a little bit. I aimed on the front side of the front shoulder, blew through it. it fell down like as soon as i hit it it fell to the ground it might have stumbled a little bit for another eight yards and it was dead so at this so, point we're like okay there is one confirmed yeah one's a hundred percent dead <laughs> we're, two we're pretty sure and there may be a mess here we don't know so at this point we are kind of in a what have we done <laughs> yeah i gotta go to work the next morning <laughs> at eight o'clock for a training <laughs> so we decide to get like it's at that point where it's dark enough that we have already done some damage, and we need to get down and sort this out. I just need yeah. to uh, I need to remind everyone, we're talking about public land, highly pressured, Pennsylvania, and they just shot four deer and saw a baker's dozen, we'll call it. Yeah. Pretty dang close <laughs> to that. I've never seen anything like that in my life, and may never again. And that's why you hunt acorns in mid-October. We hunted out the exact same tree. And this is 70-degree weather. And it's this hot, a, yeah, and these deer are nice moving an hour before dark. Yeah. It just uh, goes to prove, I mean, a lot of people, when it gets hot, they stay home. Yeah. You, you got to be out there to make things happen. Now. I didn't know, like, you know, that was one of those things I always heard. And then, you know, until you experience it, you're like, yeah, that's not always the case. Yeah. But we were extremely fortunate to have, you know, out of the same tree, four deer in all four Recovered. Yeah, we recovered them all. We had to go back the next day. One was gut shot, but we found it. Three we found that night. You were there to help us. The buck, the two does, they were recovered. And the next one was recovered. It didn't take us a half hour the next day to find it after we found it bedded. I don't want to get too much into detail with the blood trail and all that. but It was pretty uh, simple. I mean, three of them died within a, we'll call it a 100-yard radius around the tree. Yeah, there was like easily. Eight- 50 yards and 70 yards, they all were dead. So yeah, that was no issue. The only issue we had was we kind of backtracked the blood trail because they crossed where the one doe was hit and the buck was hit. But that was an easy fix, and it actually helped us find the blood trail for the doe. So it was a win-win. 
So on to the next hunt. The very next hunt. Is that the next hunt you so That had? was the very next hunt. That's the very next yep. one I had. So this is two nights back to back. Yeah. We went to another place and uh, same thing. You know, she still wasn't 100% comfortable with the climber, but she's still willing to do it again. But I made it up the tree. I'm going with one. How many feet this time? I'm going. I would say about 14 feet. <laughs> But she did better. I mean, Fourteen is way higher than the eight feet she was the first night. Right. I was in this tree this time, and I felt that I felt better. I'm getting more comfortable with it, but I significantly like the last one. I was sitting in that tree after the fact, looking down, and I'm like, I should definitely be a little higher than this. <laughs> this time, I feel like I was every bit as high as my. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to like when you're younger and you put the ten foot hoop down the set, you dunk on it. That's kind of the difference between night one and night two. <laughs> That's it was fair. a little bit high. So we're on again. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same tree. That was... This is actually private land, but it's not posted. There are people from the public that hunt it. We're not the only ones there. And we're going in, again, blind. Of, you know, it's the first time we're there. That's and He actually played the game of my <laughs> least favorite game ever is on that. the way to hunting gives me five different options of yeah. where we're going to hunt and made me choose. I was making her decide her face. So I said, here's five places. Yeah. Obviously, you know, where's the bleak, like, where's, you know, your best chance you think we have a seeing deer, but also what's the easiest walk? <laughs> so we end up in this spot and, you know, he decided we had hunted this spot previously and, you know, I was familiar with the area, which was nice and, you know, we decided on a spot, tried to find a tree quickly because, you know, we're running on some little bit of time. And it's also the spot she shot her first ever archery deer. It was 10 feet away from the tree I was in the last time I was there. <laughs> nice. So kind of had a little bit of background there. But so we get up in that tree and uh, that was another really cool night. We saw a lot of deer. We weren't even set up yet. And she saw a deer and was telling me to be quiet. I'm like, but I'm not done yet. <laughs> So we get set up. I never seen that one. It wasn't shortly after, 20, 30 minutes later, another deer off in the distance goes running through. I'm like, cool, you know, there's deer moving. That's good. It's early. You know, because even if you don't get anything, if you're stuck, it makes the night enjoyable. Right. I agree. I mean, that's our goal every night is to see something, learn something, potentially get lucky and shoot something. So, I don't know, maybe about an hour goes by where we didn't see anything. There was like a little wall. And, uh, I told her afterwards, and she probably thinks I'm full of crap, but it's so weird because I felt like I smelled a deer five minutes before <laughs> we saw the next group of deer, and the wind was coming from that direction. Now, I don't know if people out there think I'm nuts or if other people have experienced this, but there's that scent that a deer has, especially a buck, and it ended up being a buck pushing a doe through the area. Which, that's what I saw early on, was a buck, you know, running down the hill. Yeah. And that's what, you know, the, the body type, the movement, the way it moves, I assumed, and I didn't see the head on it, but you can assume it was a buck right. running stuff around. So uh, they pushed through, and I didn't see whether it was a buck, a doe, anything. I just saw a couple of deer, and I'm thinking, well, these might have been a couple of babies. And for some of you out there, I shit you not, this is a good technique to try. When I saw those deer, and I assumed they could be two doe. I grab my bleak can. I don't have like the big estrus can. I have the little like early season one. 
And I've done this more than once. And by more than once, I mean at least five times this has worked for me. So I flipped the can a couple times. And those deer end up popping out in the field about 80, 100 yards away. It's a buck chasing around a doe. But it's a small doe. I know it's not a doe and asterisk. And I swear to you, within minutes of that can flipping, here comes the mum of that baby that that buck's pushing around. Yep. Walking right towards us because she thought the baby that was getting pushed around was a deer making that noise she starts walking to us and thankfully you know what i'm looking at in front of me it's all it's pretty thick i have you know you have your specific something has to walk directly in this area to get a shot and it's early still so you can see everything i knew exactly where she needed to be for that to happen she comes in 25 yards gives me perfect broadside for me to get a shot, it was probably one of the most ideal situations I could have ever had. But the funniest part about this, earlier in the night, Russ decided that he would drop his quiver full of arrows to the ground. <laughs> it fell off a hook. <laughs> Bold move, Cotton. We'll see how this one pays off. He got down to get it. When he got down, I don't know what he was doing, but when he's climbing back up, right, like the whole time he's up there, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what are you doing? Because I keep hearing this noise. Like, he's making a lot of noise. So I turn around and I look up at him. Yeah. I had a whole bunch of mud in my boots from the field because the field was all mud where the farmer just tilled it up. Oh, yeah. Before. So it's falling off my boots. And what she's hearing, I'm intentionally getting it off my boots. I'm saying, like, she looked up at me and I said, well, we don't want this happening when a deer comes. Which, ironically enough. But, so this goes, and I don't. I went into like the panic of like I have my shot good, but to stop the deer, like my brain just not processing that <laughs> to like make a noise and make it stop because it it just keeps walking. At that exact moment, dirt fell off his boot mm-hmm. to the ground, and she stopped. Perfect yep. broadside. Yeah, <laughs> and I got my shot. And it couldn't have had. I mean, it was crazy that, you know, he was doing that intentionally so deer wouldn't hear it. And that ended up being why I got that shot. Yeah. I was actually going to make a noise to the deer, but I don't have the same vantage point as her. So I wasn't sure if she was cleared for me to do that. Right. And once that was one, my Luminoc went off. I, the shot felt good. I felt good about it. I saw it. The deer took off. But it was just, you know, you, I haven't been doing this that long that I can constantly am like, was it a good shot? You know, he saw it. We both thought it was good, but the arrow didn't move even slightly. It, lo- it looked like it hit nothing. Yeah. So I'm, you know, questioning it as to whether or not I actually hit this deer. Yep. I thought it went dead nuts right behind the shoulder, like a very good shot. So we're cool with that. You know, we're happy. And for shits and giggles, I said, I'm going to hit this bleak can a few more times because I know there's babies around too. Now the mother's gone. Well, yearlings yearlings yeah there's your yearlings yeah <laughs> they're not babies anymore they're beyond that. they're, they're able to survive for themselves for all the out there. Uh, we don't age discriminate on this podcast there's no discrimination and we got doe tags and they're called doe so yeah that we shoot so i hit the bleak can like four or five times right in a row just meh, meh just kept doing it and I'm, i stopped so one's coming in and it responds. <laughs> it does. Never heard that. It responded to me. And it comes right to where she just shot the other doe. 
and it's sniffing around in that area. I'm like, cool, she's going to get another shot. Because earlier tonight, I told her, you have two tags. And she said, I'm glad you said that, because I thought I, I only had one. I only had one. Hmm. I said, don't be afraid to fling an arrow. So where this deer comes in, this is now, I don't see that great. I don't do, like, last light. That's When it's starting to get dark, I have, like, a strict perimeter that within 20 yards, that's where I'm good with. Because especially where I was hunting at, it was... You know, there's thick spots, and when it's perfectly daylight, you have your shooting lanes. But when it starts to get into that, you can see the big stuff, but you might not see the little stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I always try to remember, you know, as it's getting, like, darker to that point, I try to remember, these are my wide-open lanes for sure, and then these ones are questionable. So this one's coming in. It ended up being a button buck, but, you know, looked like a doe. Well, I mean, essentially, it is. It is a doe. Antlerless deer. Yep. Yep. It comes in and it, it doesn't, it's hanging around that same spot. And I'm sure he's like, why aren't you shooting it? Well, for me, that wasn't a good spot anymore because it was 25, 30 yards through some thicker stuff. I just, you know, that wasn't a good shot. Wait for it to move around. I'm trying to buy an it to see like where she hits because it's getting darker. It's going right. to be harder to see the silhouette. And I want like a real good idea where it hit and it's moving around so much that it goes through like a little bit thicker shit from my vantage point was open enough for her to shoot and she shoots i never seen it and the deer goes down and this was one of those shots that pulled my bow back and i hit the tree you couldn't get your bow drawn back i had my bow drawn back but i had to like you know tuck my arm yeah your your right shoulder hit the tree or your right tricep yeah that's the worst it's set and unfortunately, you know, what I was looking at looked like it was great. Shot, and the second I did it, I binocked where I shot, and there was some of those little wispies that are in there. And now I have a different broadhead this time, and that affects it. The muzzies I was using before wouldn't have been a problem, but now I'm using the, the Spitfires. Yeah, she was using a, a Cabela's brand Spitfire. Basically, exact same thing Cabell's made a couple years back that worked great. So, you know, it's something, it's going to move, and that's what happened. So she ended up spining the deer, and we finished it off as quickly as possible. One deer down. We get down. At that point, I said, are you ready to get down? Because we got two deer already hit. I'm like, let's, let's get down and uh, start doing some tracking. Our brother just showed up, Johnny. He's in the, in the mix now. So we got one deer recovered. We're good. We learned our lesson from the last one, the last hunt we had. Uh, There was a little bit of gut. Yeah. Which both of us are very confused by. It made no sense because we both thought the arrow went right behind the shoulder. So we get down and we start tracking and I'm tracking like gut as much as I'm tracking blood. And we only went about 30 yards. And I looked at her and I said, listen, let's get out of here. We know this is a gut shot this time. It's 100%. I don't know how. It doesn't make sense, but... Let's leave it be. We're going to leave it be. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll get this one cut up tonight, and we'll find it. We have nothing going on the next day. That deer went 380 yards ballpark the next morning. We tracked all blood and gut mixed. And I'm telling you right now, if I showed anybody a picture of where this deer was hit, they would bet their life savings that there would not be gut on this arrow. 
It, it was right behind the shoulder, and it came out an inch further back from right behind the shoulder. I've killed a lot of deer. I've shot a lot of deer. It didn't make any sense. I beat myself up a little bit because <laughs> I felt like I made a good shot. I, you know, I practice. I have a good shot, and it felt good. It looked good, and I'm just really confused why there's gut on this. And then, yeah. you know, he's thinking, okay, if there's gut, she's going to go bed down. She never bedded down. And that's why, because, I mean, there was a little bit, but I still hit the vitals that needed to be. Yeah. But, you know, she just kept going and led us to water. <laughs> she ended up dying. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. We, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, if you had a deer target with a 10 ring on it, that 10 ring's further back than where she hit. And it made no sense why there was gut involved. She hit the backside of the lungs. The grazed the liver and sliced open the diaphragm, and the deer went almost 400 yards because of that. Did she ever bed down or anything, or she just went straight no. to her death? No. Yeah, she never bed down. She just kept going, and we went through a nice, a nice track. I mean, thankfully there was good blood the whole time. There wasn't a, you know, maybe it clotted up or anything like. We had significant blood. It just took us across cricks through some crazy stuff, but you know, it wasn't hard to track. It just took a little bit of getting through some of the the stuff she went through. But, you know, I was happy with the end result that, you know, the shot I made was good. And that's just one of those crazy things. I don't know if, you know, she could have moved in that period of time that caused that, you know, how they they shift or whatever that I don't, I still for the life of me doing the, the autopsy on the deer can't understand how that happened. But, you know, I, I wasn't disappointed with my shot. It was a good shot. It was exactly where I was aiming for. But that just goes to show that it's crazy, the factors that come in. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, you had an entrance and an exit that were both within the ribs and somehow had gut on the arrow. We were doing it. You could see, like, it was a slice. Like, I wouldn't, he didn't see it. But when he, you know, we were gutting a deer on one of the, like, intestines. Okay. It had just, there was like a like an inch, like a graze, but that's where it was coming out of. And when he moved that's it, wild. I pulled out of there. And it, what, it went through the diaphragm, it, but it kind of hit all the things, like yeah. a little bit of everything. But just barely hit him. Like, it wasn't enough for a serious trauma quick, like a quick Right, kill. right. Huh. Yeah. Pretty that's wild. So that was deer number six in a matter of less than a week of uh, stand sits. And for me, that was huge. Like, we, <laughs> yeah. you know, I. With the kid, I can't go out as much. And, you know, there was the whole thing of it was hard because, you know, can we get a babysitter for us both to go out? But then if we can't and Russ just goes, then I'm mad. But, like, me tagging out at home right now was the best thing that could have ever happened. Yeah. Yeah, you can't complain about that. That's for dang sure. And I don't know in the rest of my life I'll ever have hunts quite like that. Two people in a tree and still seeing that many deer in that Six deer shot and six yeah, deer recovered. Being that successful was pretty cool. It was definitely the coolest year to date I've had. All I needed to do is put my camera in the tree with you guys, and it would have been uh, pretty freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that makes you want to videotape. And I did videotape her buck, the standoff, but when she shot it, you couldn't see the deer because it was behind stuff for me. Yeah. But still cool. Pretty but cool. It's been a, it's a great year. And it go- that goes to show you exactly, which is really funny about this. I was complaining, you know, the limited amount of time I get to hunt. The first four hunts I had, I didn't see a deer at all. And that can get discouraging. 
and he had made a comment about Joey, you know, having a year that he could only hunt the weekends, and he did well, did very well. Yeah. And it wasn't the next night we went out; things just started to happen. Yeah, you never know; things can turn around quick. Yep, turn around on a dime and change your whole season, and you can and kill a bunch great. of deer. Sitting there at night, you know, the night we were out the first time, and thinking it's really dead, and there's nothing going to happen, and you know, kind of getting in that lull, and all of a sudden things just started going insane. Yeah. Well, we forgot to mention, but all you old rule book non-update nasses that are screaming, you're not allowed to do that. You know, Russ and I had actually looked this roll up just to confirm that the old roll where you had to shoot a deer and you had to go down and claim it and tag it before you could shoot another deer that was rescinded yes and is no longer a role in pennsylvania so that's been gone the last two years to my knowledge or yeah yeah and i don't know if i forgot that role if it was just always ingrained in me that you can't do that yeah but you know what that's huge that's a huge thing that's a great thing yeah for example i mean i understand the reasoning beforehand in certain situations but yeah i mean you have to do it responsibly and we know that you know and you know his two that he shot you see one that it's down in your sight it is down on the ground yeah you shouldn't have to get down and mess your hunt up you're gonna right when you have a confirmed you know that to me that's a huge thing and i'm glad that they did that because you know you get start doing anything you're screwing up the rest of the night. You're yeah. walking through stuff. You're making new noises. You're doing everything. It's essentially you can only get one deer a night. And I never agreed with that rule when you have multiple tags in an area. Right. I, uh, yeah. Being ethical, you know, you, you want to be an ethical hunter. You don't want to shoot more shoot deer, deer than you have tags because you think this or that. Because that goes right back to we thought she missed the deer that she killed. So you would never shoot more arrows than you have tags at deer. Right. Yep. If you're ethical. Yep. Took the words out of my mouth. As long as you have the tags in your pocket, I don't see yeah. why you can't no. you know, shoot you at that many deer. Tags, you can shoot at four doe. Right. Don't shoot at five, because that's silly in my opinion, because you never know exactly what happened with those four you already shot at. Right, right. Well, congratulations to both of you. Uh, the season is still young. Like you said, it's late October. The best is yet to come, and pretty Hopefully. freaking good update and a pretty good story. I don't know if I... I don't know if there's many other people out there that can say they killed four deer from the same tree in the same night, all within about an hour's time. Yeah, that's crazy. That's going to be tough to top. I know I can't say I've ever scraped anything even close to that. I don't know that we ever will again. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We used Once to get excited over, you know, just doubles where each person shot one deer. Right. From two different areas. <laughs> it wasn't like mom, baby, bang, bang. They were yeah. all five minutes apart. Yeah, they were all yeah. different times. Frames. Different sets of deer. It's called mom and younger deer. Yearling. What are we called? Year, uh, oh, no, wait, no. We actually label those uh, veal. We label those veal on the packages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go in the freezer and it says veal or yeah. Bambi. <laughs> you can't say Bambi. Yes, you can. <laughs> that gives unrealistic characteristics to an animal. A lot of people don't know Bambi was a boy. So, if it's a button buck, that could have been Bambi. You never know. You're right. You're right. Pretty impressive. Well, we've uh, drugged this thing on quite a ways. Uh, You said John was there. Yeah, he left already. Oh, he already left? I was going to say we could... He stopped, didn't say anything, he left. 
All right. And we were going to get a quick update from him, but I guess we'll uh, leave that for another episode because I think he's killed two doe already this year as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Well, boys and girls, appreciate the update. Thanks for having us, Charles. Absolutely. Great start to the season. There's more to come. And Russ, you still have a buck tag. Josh, you got to get on the board, buddy, which I'm sure he will soon. And yeah, we got a, a ton more deer to to be had. I mean, a ton more. Yeah, it keeps going. It's uh, it the best is yet to come. Next couple weeks are going to be pretty fiery, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, thank you both. Thank you, Josh, for participating. Appreciate you, uh, you know, putting all your words of wisdom out there for us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, have a good night. Thanks again. Dude, thanks, right. Charles.